Basketball can be a mysterious sport. The team whose logo is in this envelope will have the first pick in the NBA draft. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock, overtime here in game one. Will Giannis win a title in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform? It's hard for me to say that, Jay, considering how loaded the Lakers are. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Taylor Horton Tucker over the last couple of days. But what if those mysteries could be solved? What if those conspiracies are reality? Truth is out there. Can you handle it? It's Sunday. We got Fourth of July tomorrow. I'm off work. Dre, are you off work? I am off work. We're having long weekends. It's very nice, and we need the long weekend because it is to borrow from uh, Real Hooper Pilltrilled, who's on Twitter. I steal their bit all the time. Slopfest. 2022 is happening right now. Free agency has opened up. We are getting news on news as well as trade rumors. And yes, I know you're tuning in for a specific reason. You're in wait mode to see what's going to happen in the KD trade rumors. We'll talk about what's happened there and what we think is going to happen. We've got some rumors on that front. And honestly, we're recording at what's 4 p.m. Pacific time. I'm in L.A. on Sunday, July 3rd. This shit could break while we're recording when we post it tomorrow morning. This could be old news by the time we post it. So let's hop in right away. Welcome back to Hoop Truthers, by the way. Thank you for opening your third eye and joining us once again. As always, Dre, at ATR on Twitter, Hardest Worker Man on Twitter. How are you doing, sir? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you, brother. Um, definitely glad to be back. Happy um, early 4th of July for everybody. Um, hope everybody has a good time with their families and loved ones. But we're getting into some basketball. You know, it's, I know it's offseason. Free agency just started. Summer League is starting as well, even though we're probably not going to get into that. But, you know... The drama's coming. The drama is coming, and we're just getting started. Summer League has started. Check it out if you're not. We can touch on it for one second. Keegan Murray yesterday did great. Looks yes. really good. To oh, be my fair, goodness. he's nearly 22 playing in the Summer League, and that's a bit old for the Summer League, so maybe he's just a man among boys. But the shot is definitely there. We'll see more shot about Shot and Keegan. the rebounding. Yeah, a little bit of playmaking. I still like that pick. We'll talk about it. We're not going to talk draft today. I think we might just re- revisit that at some point. We had had a couple of weeks hiatus. I was in New York. Dre had some people in town. We couldn't record. It happens, you know. I was on New York on the day of the draft, and instead I went to a John Mulaney show at the other side of town at MSG. It was fun. Since then, though, we've had free agency open. I've got here a little list. I, I think I got everybody. I looked at multiple different pages to make sure I had some overlap. Um, color-coded by teams. We can go by team, and I'll list them off. The way that I think we'll do it, Dre, I'll list off uh, like four signings in a row, and I'll ask you if you have interest in talking about any of them or if we want to move on from a team. Okay, so let's start, and then we'll talk about the trades that happened. I guess we can talk about the trades that happened before free agency, mainly the, um, 
the DeJounte Murray trade. We can talk about that real quick. Um, say, real quick, also, the 76ers on draft night traded number 23 uh, and Danny Green's expiring contract. He's not going to play this year with a torn ACL for DeAnthony Melton from the Memphis Grizzlies. Really solid pickup um, for the Sixers. We'll talk about them later. But the big trade that happened the day before free agency opened, the day before Kevin Durant asked for a trade, the Atlanta Hawks go all in. Um, all in in the sense that they traded all you know unprotected first-round draft picks to add an impact player right now that they believe could be the last piece or close to the last piece before they're a legitimate contender. The Milwaukee Bucks did this with Drew Holiday. The Lakers did this with Anthony Davis. You do this with superstars. You do this with very good players. And they did this with DeJounte Murray, first-time All-Star last year, youngest player on an an all-defensive team. He's legitimate on defense. Maybe he's not a, a clamper, but he's legit on defense. And figures to be a really good fit. Dre, I'm going to hear your thoughts on it, but first, here are the parameters of the trade. The Hawks received DeJunte Murray and Jacques Landale, and the Spurs received Danilo Gallinari, who was later waived, and we'll talk about what happened there, at 2025 and 2027 unprotected first-round picks from Atlanta, Charlotte's 2023 protected first-round pick that they got in the Cam Redis trade from New York earlier this year, and a 2026 first-round pick swap. Dre, we can do winners and losers if you want. We don't have to. That's kind of clickbaity shit. But how do you feel about this trade now that we're a few days away from it? You've had some time to think about it. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to give a take on who won and who lost this trade. But the one thing that I will say is that this was a really smart move for Atlanta, especially for the future. You know, the Jonte Murray, who was coming off of a most improved player season. Well, in my opinion, he should have won it. I know John Morant won it, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding that. But the Jonte Murray was really the – the focal point for that uh, for the Spurs team, I know that another team wasn't necessarily in a position to be a playoff team, but now you're pairing this guy who was a great two-way player, you know, a great playmaker on the offensive end, can also score, and then also a, a terrific, terrific on-ball uh, defensive player as well. So now you pair that alongside a guy like Trey Young. Now it allows Trey to play off the ball, and then, of course, you got other guys like um, DeAndre Hunter. And on top of that, you kept John Collins. We don't know right. what his future may look like with right. the team. But if you keep, um, but if but if you are going to start the season with John Collins on your team, that's going to be that's going to be um, spectacular as well. The Hawks are here, honestly. I think I think Dejounte elevates them as possibly a top four team in the East, and let's let's just see how how it turns out this year. I like the trade as well. Um, one real quick note: you mentioned we don't know John Collins' future. He's been mentioned on lots of trade rumors. It's pretty clear right now, especially from the lack of activity from both Shams and Woj on Twitter, is that nothing else is happening until this KD trade happens. Like, the KD trade might happen, and we miss that, or it happens while we're recording, or it happens right after we post and we're late on that news. But nothing else is going to come out, so we're not going to be late on anything else because it's not happening until the KD thing. Kyrie's not getting figured out until KD trade happens. Aiton isn't getting figured out until the AD, uh, KD trade happens. Hell, Harden might not sign his extension until the KD trade happens. So if if a Collins trade does happen, it's not going to happen until the KD trade happens. It might be a, even part of it, for all we know. There's rumblings. We'll talk about this later in the pod. I got rumblings for you, though. Um If you have an elite scoring guard in the NBA, the best thing you can do is put a secondary playmaker next to them if you're trying to build a backcourt that's a defense guy as well, all right? And 
those guys are invaluable. Marcus Smarts, Drew Holidays of the world. I believe DeJunte Murray to be one of them. And pairing a 25-year-old version of that with Trey Young gives you a backcourt that is hits you both ways. On defense, DeJunte is going to get you. You can't pick on Trey as much, even though they still will. And on offense, it's not just that Trey is the offensive guy that he always has been. DeJunte is a slasher. He gets to the rim. He gets rim pressure on teams that Trey also does. But you have another option for that. The question is, will Trey play off ball? He's had opportunities to do so. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a is a creator. They tried their hand at Kevin Herter doing the same thing, Lou Williams. And Trey usually just sits off ball not doing anything. I think he can get to that next level where he's doing it. And I hope this is the move that does it, but we don't know. Let's move into free agency then. We've got a few more trades, but they all happen a little bit later. So I'm going to start with Golden State's free agency. Let's start. People that left are Otto Porter, Gary Payton the second, Juan Toscano Anderson, who was not offered a um, qualifying offer on his restricted free agency, and Chris Chioza. Not massive members, but uh, Otto Porter and Gary Payton certainly were. Nemanja Bielica also decided to go back to Europe and play with a team there instead of uh, signing with a team in the NBA. Good luck to him and happy that he's back uh, where he is from, if that's more comfortable for him. But they do re-sign Kivan Looney, who was one of the most important parts of their championship run to yep. a $25.5 million contract. Honestly, probably less than what he would have gotten on the open market, but not an underpay, like a massive underpay. So I'm glad Looney got that back. And we know why they let the wings go. They have plans for their rotation, but to replace Gary Payton the second, they signed Dante DiVincenzo, two years, $9.3 million contract. Really solid. Dre, what did you think about uh, these signings as well as the guys that you lost? As our residence Warriors fan, of course. I'm going to miss my guys, man. I'm going to miss GP2. Yeah. Terrific, terrific defender, man. You know, just, just a great on-ball defender. Really brought a lot of energy to the team. But, you know, considering, you know, how, how well he played this season, it definitely elevated his stock and his value. So I'm definitely happy to see him, you know, get like get a bag in Portland and, you know, just just possibly, you know, get get a better opportunity there. And then, of course, Otto Porter Jr., um, Bielisa as well. I was I was getting kind of scared for a minute because I'm like, man, we're losing some key rotational players. Right. But then I also started to think, like, you know, maybe this could be an opportunity for, you know, the young guys like Moses Moody, Kaminga, you know, for these guys to really get that opportunity to be a big part of the second unit. And then of course, you know, obviously grow within the future. Obviously James Wiseman is expected to come back as well at the start of the season. So yeah. I looked at it as optimism for the young guys, but signing Diva and I'll be real, I'm not as excited as that one fucking guy that was on Twitter spaces. <laughs> I but, saw that video. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not I'm not as excited, but uh Dante's <laughs> definitely a big pickup, honestly. <laughs> honestly, but that was wild, man. That was definitely wild. But I mean, shout shout to Devin Gentle, man. He's gonna be he's gonna be a huge piece in our um, in our in our second unit. I'm so happy we didn't give Celtics fans a championship this year. But man, I'm not I'm not loving the victory lab from the Warriors fans on Twitter either. I I know some rational ones, of course. We've got you and True on all the time, but um, some of you boys, some of them, some of them boys in, in gold. Oh my god! And then you you know what's so funny after after the guy got super excited. There was another guy later on in the video that said, "We don't need KD now. Like, you got you got excited for a Dante Divincenzo right. move, which is great. But now it makes you say, you know what, Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant's not coming to the Warriors anyway, in my opinion. But to make you say that, that's wild. 
Listen, uh, I like Dante. He's a Bucks pick. I'm a Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. fan. Um, was pretty solid. Like started for a team that won the championship. He was injured for most of the playoff run, but started for that team in the regular season. For the number 17 pick in the draft, you know, he's a really good rebounder for his size. Um, he's a really good athlete. You know, crazy dunks, great cuts. But man, the guy cannot make a layup. And he he hits threes, but he's streaky. And his defense is good when he's disciplined. He's not very disciplined. I say that all to say that there are flaws in the player, but I'm hoping that a place like Golden State, one of the more cerebral systems to play in, but also free-forming, I don't know how they accomplish that at the same time, can help Dante flourish, which I think it can because he – if they use him like Gary Payton, I think he's going to flourish in that type of role. I really like it. If you think about it, the rumblings are, uh, from what you're seeing on Twitter, also some articles out there, is that the main reason that people have been, uh, that they're letting some of the key free agents go is that they have plans to have the kids play. Bielitsa goes back to Europe, and you're like, all right, he's the only guy with size on the roster, essentially the backup center of the team. Where are his minutes going to go? He hasn't shown much health, but you've got a seven-footer on the bench. If Kaminga's healthy, he's going to take those minutes. Mm -hmm. Otto Porter Jr. is one of the best backup forwards in the game. Plays defense, can probably much switch two through three, or two through four, maybe some fives, but not punishers, and shoot a a great percentage from three. Who's going to take those minutes? Probably Kaminga, mixed with him with some Moody, who showed some shooting and defense during the playoff run. So your forwards are there, too. The only guy that they wanted to bring back, both because he wasn't old and also because they didn't have an immediate replacement for, was Gary Payton. And they got outbid by the team. We'll talk about them when they got there. But then instead of having a backup plan, because they don't have a young guy they want to play in that role, they don't have Alvarado, which would be fun. They brought in some another young guy on a two-year contract. I believe there's a player option on the second year, so if he plays really well, he probably opts out to try and get more of a bag. But Dante's going to fill that role. I like it for Golden State. Uh, Dre, last thought on that. We'll move on to Chicago. I love it, honestly. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm definitely going to miss the guys that, uh, that were there before. Otto Porter, um, Gary Payne the second, Wanda Descano uh, uh, Anderson, and then, of course, Bielitsa. But I have a lot of optimism that, you know, our second unit this year is just going to be just as strong as it was this past year. One last thought on this. Um, I have this bit on Twitter about all the uh, players associated with Milwaukee that Golden State collects, and they lost two in this free agency. Juan Toscano-Anderson, who played uh, college ball at Marquette, and um, Gary Payton II, who played for the Bucks. That's the only reason I associate him with Milwaukee. Going to other teams, but they drafted Patrick Baldwin Jr. out of Milwaukee. Yes. And they yes. brought in Dante DiVincenzo, who was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. So don't worry, guys. Their Milwaukee-associated players is still at level where they were last year. Let's move on to Chicago, who are a little bit busy. I don't know if it was great. Um, in the draft, they took Daylon Terry, who's kind of a wing go- combo guard forward. They brought Levine back, who after a little bit of uh, potential rumors of him you know, taking serious meetings with teams and free agency, doesn't take any meetings with anyone, just pounds out a five years, $215 million max of the player option in the fifth year, just gets the bag for Levine. Now, let me read the rest of them, and then we'll talk about it, Trey. 
Andre Drummond, who was a really solid backup center for Philadelphia last year before being thrust into a starting role with the Brooklyn Nets after the James Harden-Ben Simmons trade, goes to them at two years, $6.6 million to back up Nikola Vucevic. Derek Jones Jr., who I think is a really solid backup wing in this league, goes back to Chicago for two years, $6.6 million off the bench. And then today it was announced that Goran Dragic, who was heavily rumored to go to Dallas, um, to replace Jalen Brunson as well as Rio Knight with his Slovenian national teammate. Luka Doncic instead signs to the Chicago Bulls for one year, $2.9 million. Dre, they have too many guards. Is a Kobe White trade coming? Are the reports that Lonzo Ball is not going to be ready for the start of the season true? What are your thoughts? Unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, I wouldn't be surprised if Lonzo is not ready honestly, by the start of the season or the start of training camp. It's just, it's just, it's just sad, man, because Lonzo is a terrific two-way player. Honestly, great on-ball defender, terrific playmaker, able to make reads. So it's definitely difficult to see how everything is trying to transpire for him. I don't know how much of a difference he would have made for them in the playoffs. I don't, I mean, I think we both agreed that they probably would have not gotten past Milwaukee, even with Lonzo Ball, but they could have at least made it a little more competitive moving forward. But you know, I do agree, though. I mean, they definitely have too many guards. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kobe White is traded, honestly, because even even just looking at last year, you know, I mean, not saying that he wasn't a big piece of that team, but, you know, he's definitely an asset that they could possibly um, get rid of moving forward. So it's just up to up to the Bulls to see, you know, how they can really um, make these transactions in the future and just, you know, create like a um, create a well-balanced team. Yeah, I think I think they cleaned up the margins a little bit. Dragic is going to play a little bit of scoring punch. As much as I believed him to be washed, he had some solid minutes for Brooklyn that ended up just getting swept by Boston in the first round. Enough where you think he could play solid minutes on a playoff team, not that he's going to do anything for you defensively. Drummond is better than Tristan Thompson. That's actually kind of oh really yeah, that that is a fact a hundred percent. They might have <laughs> so. had the worst backup center in the league after Denver signed Boogie Cousins, and we'll talk about who they replaced him with. But uh, Andre Drummond is going to be a good backup center for them. Derek Jones back. Uh, Pat Williams healthy, hopefully for the full season. I think Chicago is going to be better, depending of course on health, but. I also think that you might see some aggression from their guys. Like, I think it was a really good year for DeMar, and we're going to see if that happens again. Yeah, that's that's the question, though. Is he going to make the same impact? Because my thing is, coming into last year, I thought I thought Zach Levine was going to be the number one option. I didn't expect DeMar to have an MVP-type year, right. so could that be the possibility this year where Levine is the number one option? He's really carrying the load, and possibly DeMar may regress. Not not saying that DeMar's going to have a bad season, but he's definitely not going to make the same impact as he did this past year. I think I think I hope that's the plan, but I think also giving him a five year supermax to Zach Levine. I believe I think it's a, I mean it's five years two hundred fifteen. I don't know if that's a supermax. Maybe not. Uh, but it's five year max. That me that screams first option. So we'll see. Let's go to Denver. I really like Denver's off season so far. Um, we'll talk about the trade they were involved in too while we're at it, except for one thing, which is it's not going to be the biggest deal in the world, but it's so strange they did it. But anyways, let's start with this. At the draft, they take Christian Brown, who's really solid, like uh, guard can guard wall, small wings, but he's not going to be like a, sw- a switch defender on the fours by any means uh, and hits threes. Something they didn't have last year, basically um, drafted him and Peyton. 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember the kids. I think it's his last name is Peyton, but I can't remember his first name. Christian Peyton, something like that. Uh, was a big project, I guess. That's what people say. Then in free agency, they get Bruce Brown at two years, thirteen million. I think that's a really good pickup. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, they signed Davon Reed back to a two-year deal, as well as trade Monte Morris and Will Barton to the Washington to the Wizards, Wizards mm-hmm. for Contavious Caldwell Pope. And Ish Smith, KCP is going to be like the best wing defender on there already. I mean, their wing room is a lot better than it was last year. Now they've got Jeff Green, KCP, Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, who I think is going to be great in in Denver. Um, and then they just – and I think Ish Smith isn't an upgrade from Monte Morris, but I think Monte, no. Mo- Monte Morris' minutes are going to Bones Highland. I think Ish Smith is taking Faku Compazzo's minutes, who's better than Faku. I think that's smart if that's the way they're playing it because I think Bones is ready for a bigger role. Uh, and if Jamal's back, there wasn't going to be minutes for all of them anyways. Mm. The one thing that I don't get is Bookie, who had a really fun season backing up Jokic after not being re-signed or not having me. by Milwaukee. It remains unsigned. Had a couple of good games in the playoffs. Rumor is that, like, I guess Denver just – didn't like what they saw like personality wise from boogie and that's not what i saw like what i felt like at all but those are the reports he remains unsigned he's a free agent no one signed boogie but on like one minute after free agency opened like they didn't search the market at all they bring in deandre jordan who has easily been the worst player in the nba for the past two seasons to back up nikola Jokic on a one-year minimum i mean it makes no sense and i like the rest of their offseason so much i think it's all really solid really really solid stuff they did to bring in these guys especially if the guys that they need to be healthy are healthy do you what do you what do you i am so happy i'm getting into this honestly sorry sorry please do please do yeah not not to interrupt you but you know i was watching zach Lowe the other day and he mentioned it um there was a reason why Kenny Atkinson got fired in Brooklyn in 2020, I believe. That's because he refused yeah, yeah, to start yeah. DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen. And looking back at that, everyone kind of agrees why he didn't. Right. Because DeAndre, I, I'll be real. I like DeAndre Jordan. He's very athletic center, but he's not that guy for you. And for him, that makes zero sense to me. <laughs> Absolutely no sense to me. But – now looking at this, and like, and like you mentioned, Boogie had a terrific year last year, you know, and he has proven that he can be a backup center in this league. He's definitely not the player that he once was in Sacramento, even right. to a degree in New Orleans, but he can definitely show you what he can do as far as, like, you know, space in the floor, rebounding, you know, rim protection to a degree. So he shows that, you know, he could be a great energizer for a team in the second unit. So I'm not understanding what Denver saw as far as personnel. I don't know if maybe – Maybe there was some inside things that may have went down. Maybe I something in the locker room. I don't I know. But what I saw on the court and what a lot of people saw on the court, it was great contribution. It was great energy. Bookie probably had probably his best year since the Sacramento days or or maybe New Orleans days, possibly. Like, like sure. especially, you know, with everything that he has been through, honestly, like that was probably like one of his best years. Sure. So... It just sucks, man, because, you know, he's been fighting to get back in the league, you know, sign with teams. And for some reason, you know, he's just not getting the opportunity, even though he is showcasing a lot of um, a lot a lot of good things. I just hope to see him on the roster soon, man. I mean, if for Denver to sign DeAndre Jordan, for him to uh, to back up Jokic, 
it makes me disgusted. I'm sorry. Like it, it definitely just makes me disgusted just thinking about it. Like DeAndre Jordan of all people. Yeah, over, yeah. Over um over uh, Demarcus Cousins. Like there's better centers. Like I guess centers were getting a lot of money, but you could have like waited to see if someone was out there. Like I'd rather have Robin Lopez than DeAndre Jordan. He's not in a minimum deal. I don't love Robin Lopez, but he's got a backup in Jokic. He doesn't have to play a starter as well. Anyways, doesn't matter. Let's move on from Denver. Overall, really like the offseason. I think the important holes have been filled. And it's only the minutes that Jokic aren't playing that the dude, but they're gonna find out like almost immediately that he mm-hmm. can't play. Whatever. The Knicks. Look out for midseason trade, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Let's go to the Knicks, who have done some deals in free agency. And I know that everyone's talking a lot of shit on Twitter because everyone loves to make fun of the Knicks. But we're going to talk about them um, respectfully, okay? At the at the draft, they trade number 11 um, to jump some dump Kemba Walker's salary, essentially. Um, I think they get a future pick out of it. And then before free agency opens, they send uh, – Kemba ends up in Detroit, waived. Kemba is still an unsigned free agent, by the way. And then days before, like the few, a day before free agency opened, they send Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel and a couple of seconds to Detroit just to shed some salary. Solid pickups for Detroit. I really like what they've mm-hmm. done all offseason. We'll talk about them later. And then they bring in two centers, one that they already had, Mitchell Robinson, back on a four year, $60 million contract. Really happy he got the bag. I was worried he was going to get Nerlens Noel'd. Uh, where he holds out, doesn't take the extension because his agent tells him so. And then the center market just dries up. And honestly, the center market was drying up, but they still gave him the contract that was rumored before free agency opened. I'm really happy for Mitch. Isaiah Hardenstein, who had a lot of interest on the free agency market, one of the better backup centers last year with the Clippers, passing a little bit of shooting that time, a little bit of defense, finish inside, um, athletic, good IQ, Heads to New York. Orlando originally planned to sign him, but he heads to New York on a two-year, $16 million contract. And then the big one. The, the Knicks essentially become the, the mafia and starts hiring people's relatives and family members and coaches, former coaches, and uh, associating themselves with people just to bring them in and uh, – rumored of a Miami meeting canceled. He doesn't even Jalen Brunson doesn't even meet with the Mavericks before free agency open. There's definitely going to be wow. charges brought up to the Knicks, but at the end of the day, he lands with the Knicks with a four years, $104 million contract. I don't know what it is year by year, but annually that is 26 million a year for Jalen Brunson. Dre, how are you feeling about the Knicks and their off season, sir? I like Jalen Brunson. I definitely like I him. Um, it's a good signing, but I mean, I'm cool with a lot of Knicks fans. You know, they're obviously still not excited, and yeah, honestly, I can't really blame them to a degree. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, Jalen Brunson will definitely help elevate the team, but what's the ceiling for them moving forward? Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, are we expecting Julius Randle to have a um, a better season than he did last year? Obviously, RJ Barrett is going to continue to thrive and um, ascend as a, um as a um, All Star type player. Um, is Tom Thibodeau going to be a better coach? Honestly, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's a decent signing. Honestly, I like I like I like I like to um, imagine Brunson and um, RJ being able to play well alongside one another. Yeah. 
but it doesn't necessarily move the needle. And it's just so funny because I mean, draft night, everybody was like, "Yo, what the fuck are the Knicks doing?" Like, right. you know, they trade, they trade the uh, number eleven pick, and it seemed like you know they really come away with nothing. But you know, obviously, as a uh, as Wolves reported, you know that was the deal on the tables that they were going to look to get uh, Jalen Brunson. So. Yeah. It's a good deal. I'm not gonna say that I'm mad at it because I really do like Jalen Brunson. He's a um he's a, he's definitely a great um he's definitely a great point guard in this league, but it doesn't necessarily move the needle for New York moving forward. Yeah, I agree. And the reports are that New York knows that they view Brunson as a good like a great addition to the team, but now it's gonna put them over the top. They need they know they need to make more moves. Here's the here's the point. $26 million a year is probably an overpay of Jalen Brunson. I wouldn't say an atrocious overpay, but likely an overpay. But that's what you have to pay for. People don't want to play for the Knicks right now. And the Mavericks mm-hmm. are prepared to match just about any offer that didn't exceed what they were going for. You know what I mean? And the Knicks need a point guard so, so bad. Brunson's not a floor general by any means but he's got some playmaking in his hand he's a self-creator he can score at all levels including three level scoring always means inside mid-range and three but it, inside doesn't necessarily mean post scoring it usually means you can get to the rim and, and finish really well but Brunson brings that too he can throw little dudes in the post all day he'll put you in the space yeah um and he's gonna help tremendously I still think they need someone that's going to pass more. But the important thing is they went all in on a player that they didn't have to send four picks for. They didn't send any picks for uh, for Brunson. They can still do the the godfather play and send a shitload of picks over to a, to a team just to um, get one player to add to the big one, you know, the big one. But right now they're bringing back most of the guys from last year, but they've consolidated a little bit. No more Nerlens Noel. His backup center is Isaiah Hardenstein. who's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more trying to play point guard is Jalen Brunson doing that. Burks gets to be a wing again. Good for him. Um, RJ gets to take a step forward. Hopefully quick and Obi get more minutes this year. Same with Cam Reddish. I know you feel about that. Um, really quick, we're not going to talk about these. But hang yeah. on, just just yeah, real quick before we before we move on. So, just hypothetically, you know, if everything goes well for New York, if everyone's healthy, if Julius Randle has a better season than he did this previous year, right. what's the ceiling for this team? Is it play in? Is it like possibly a six seven C? Like you know, like what do, like what do we see in New York move Their forward? Their ceiling is a second round exit. Okay. That's actually higher than I was. Honestly, I, I, was, I was gonna say I was I was gonna say at least first round. I mean, they've got like a like if they're like a real basketball team again, and Julius Randle is playing, I could see them beating like a like a Philly. Cleveland, maybe like a Philly, maybe like a like a like an Atlanta, maybe you know. Um, I don't know. I, I, that, maybe that's optimistic. You're right. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Phoenix has only made two moves so far. So far, Aiden's still a free agent. They've signed. They've traded for Jock Landale. Uh, just sent cash as a backup center. And I know the windy memes are now. Why would the Phoenix Suns do that? Wendy put up 40 and 15, my boy. That motherfucker has been uh, triple-doubling since the trade deadline when he was right about Harden and everything. He has been running circles around Shams and Woj. 
Phoenix has also signed Josh Akogi and Damian Lee. I'm sure you're going to miss Damian Lee so much, Dre, um, signing a one-year deal with Phoenix. People, everyone is saying this about those moves. It's how you round around a roster that you know is going to need, like, the touch-ups. Josh Akogi is the guy you sign if you're about to trade maybe Mikael Bridges, you know? Phoenix thinks they're getting KD. I think Phoenix really thinks they're getting KD at this point. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Cleveland makes three moves, fun moves that I like, more wholesome people to add to that Cleveland thing. Um, Darius Garland signed a huge extension, like a huge extension. Good for him. Uh, Colin Sexton is still a free agent. There's rumors that Dallas has offered him like a $21 million a year contract. I don't believe he's signed anything as of yet. So he's not, we don't know what's going to happen with him, but the Cavaliers bring in Robin Lopez as their backup center for one year minimum, solid backup center. Raul Neto, um, Brazilian guard, backup uh, guard. He was a backup point guard for Washington for so many years. Solid Mm -hmm. backup point guard, probably better than Rondo, at least. One year minimum. And the prodigal son returns after an awesome season. And it sucks with an injury. They brought back Ricky Rubio on a three-year, $18.4 million contract, which means Rubio probably finishes his career with the Cavaliers, which is really nice to see. Um, Dre, give me one thought, and we'll move on. We don't have to talk about this too long, but we're happy. You know, it's so crazy. Um, after the Garland um, extension signing or uh, the news had broke, you know, I, I saw a lot of people just really debating on whether he really deserved it. You know, obviously, you know, he's been still developing over his first few years in the league. And obviously last year was a real, was a real breakout season, a most approved type season. So obviously that's the reason, that's the reason why he, he ended up getting the bag. So I don't have a problem with it. You know, Garland is the future of Cleveland. I mean, I know they got Evan Mobley, they still got Jerry Allen and those guys. So you know, with Garland still being a part of that future, you know, you definitely got to make sure that he's taken care of moving forward. And my boy, Ricky Rubio, man, I'm yeah. absolutely happy. Absolutely yeah. happy that he is back, man. Like, he ended up, um, he ended up, you know, obviously um, tearing his ACL, I believe. That was yeah. it. Yep, tearing his ACL. Um, unfortunately, you know, having to miss the rest of the season. But before that, he was having a career year, in my opinion. A career year. But... The formula just works in that backcourt with Rubio and Garland. Like, you know, obviously Garland's a terrific playmaker, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how we imagine DeJounte and Trey Young. Like, you know, Trey Young, is a, Trey Young is a really good playmaker, but Trey is probably a much better player to play off the ball. Same thing, per se, with Garland, you know, with, with his with his scoring versatility, you know, having Rubio, you know, dictate the floor, you know, you know be that playmaker, you allow Garland to just, you know, be, be able to be more of a scorer first than, you know, being a playmaker as well, so... I like the combination, you know, once once Rubio gets healthy, you know, and he's able to come back, let's see what we'll see what Cleveland can do. We'll see what Cleveland can do. Hopefully Rubio gets healthy during the season. Let's move on to Dallas. So they've made a couple of moves this offseason. Uh, they've lost Jalen Brunson, who was easily, easily their second best player in the playoffs and the regular season last year. But they have added, remember in the draft, they traded into number 31, to select Jaden Hardy, who is going to get a lot of looks as that primary point guard uh, with Brunson gone. If there isn't a trade for Irving or someone else in the works for them, they are on the phones. You can believe that they're on the phones right now talking about trades. But they re-signed Theo Pinson, who's a great uh, bench-like celebrating guy, kind of annoying. (laughs) Celebrating guy. He's a guy you want on your bench. I think he's a good vibes guy for sure. One-year minimum for him. And then they bring in JaVale McGee, three years, 20 Point one millions, maybe a little bit of an overpay, but JaVale McGee was probably the best backup center in the league last year. And mm-hmm. 
going to a team that could use more uh, size. The question now is they've got Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith. Probably need to move at least one of those guys, probably Dwight Powell, to make sure the rotation goes well because JaVale McGee said they signed him to be his, their starting center, which is weird. We're going to see how that goes, but I think they're going to go big next year with Wood and JaVale. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Dre, in addition to these moves, we're going to see if they're on the trade market for someone else big. But how are you feeling about the Dallas Mavericks? I'm not mad at it. You know, I think, you know, I think, you know, having a guy like JaVale McGee definitely helps uh, Dallas's uh, interior defense, to say the least. But I'm trying to imagine a starting lineup because so, so they're going to have Christian Wood at the four, McGee at the five. So I guess that slides guys like Kleba and Doria Finney Smith to the bench as well. Okay. I guess so. I mean, if you want to go gigantic, I wouldn't hate starting Dorian Finney-Smith at the three. Yeah, that makes sense. that makes sense as well. That definitely yeah. makes sense. And um, obviously, a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. as well, when he is healthy, you know, he yeah. can be a part of that uh, starting lineup as well. So, you know, Dallas, Dallas showed us a lot last year. Um, obviously, you know, Kidd, you know, I know a lot of people still have their feelings about Jason Kidd, but he definitely proved to be yeah. a, um, a really good coach, to say the least, especially especially in, these, in this past postseason. So, now having a guy like Christian Wood, you know, who is a versatile big or a, a versatile four to say the least, and of course, you know, having um, a great, a great, um, great size in Javale McGee, I think I, I really think that helps um, Dallas move forward. I mean, I know I know they lost Jalen Brunson, you know, and obviously that is a big loss, but there's still there's there's still a lot of a lot of hopes that Dallas can uh, remain a contender on the West. Yeah. Um... And if the starting lineup is how it sounds so far, if you're starting Luca with Hardaway Jr., creators, um, initiators, scorers, with defensive big pieces and Dorian Finney-Smith, Christian Wood, who's also a scorer, and listen, the defense hasn't been there, but I think if he's in a system, it'll work. I don't want to see it first. And JaVale McGee, like that's a massive lineup that works, and it could end up beating the shit out of teams. And they were just beating the shit out of teams. That's how they like – one playoff series was just physically overwhelming teams. Uh, and they're doubling down on that. They've still got guys like Jaden Hardy, Maxi Kiba, Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell off the bench that they can use. So they got some depth too. We'll see if they make a consolidation move. But next on my list is Minnesota. I'm going to save Minnesota for the end of this because I want to talk about their free agent signings and then the trade. Dre, I know you want to talk about the trade. <laughs> I don't want to just get in the middle of this. I want somewhere that people can find it. I'm just trying to hear about that. So if you're listening right now, forward to the end of this, uh, the end of all the free agency signings, if you want to hear about Minnesota. So let's go to Portland right away. Portland's uh, traded for Jeremy Grant at the uh, a couple days before the draft. Added just a starting caliber, 3-4, really solid for not a ton of draft equity. Um, draft Shaden Sharp, still don't really get it, but they draft Shaden Sharp. Bring back Drew Eubanks on a one-year deal. Bring back Yusuf Nurkic on a four-year, $70 million deal. It's a lot, but Nurk's been a starting center in the league forever. He's going to get a bag. Anthony Simons back on a four-year, $100 million deal, so $1 million a year less than Jalen Brunson. And Gary Payton, the second to Portland from the championship Golden State Warriors on a three-year, $28 million deal, nine a year, really solid value for Gary Payton. He got the bag after applying to be a video coordinator with the Warriors last year. He got a fucking bag. Right. Feeling about the, the overall result of these moves, Dre? 
I guess they're cool to say the least. I'm not gonna say I'm super big on Portless. I mean, obviously, you know, having a guy like Jay, um, that on um, like um, like Grant, yeah, Jeremy Grant definitely um helps elevate the team, but. I still yeah. don't really see nothing for Portland moving forward, man. I'm, I mean, I, I get it. They got Jer- they got Dame, they got Anthony Simons, they got Jeremy Grant. You know, obviously Nurk is is another big signing as well, but I don't really see the ceiling being too high for Portland moving forward. Unfortunately, I agree. They're definitely better. Jeremy Grant is a better wing than they had on anything last year. A starting lineup of Dame, Gary Payton the second, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic with Anthony Simons. And uh, Nasir Little, guys mm-hmm. like that off the bench. I, I think it's I think it's better than last year. Last year got the number seven pick in the draft. I know there was injuries, but we'll see. I really I'm gonna bang this drum until I'm wrong. Maybe Shaden Sharp becomes this guy, but I'm gonna bang this drum. A perfect fit for that starting lineup would be a six-seven wing with defensive one through five type of potential and playmaking chops. Still don't know why Portland didn't draft Dyson Daniels at seven. I think he would have been perfect for them, and I would have been a lot higher on their prospects this year. But let's move on to the Clippers, who have had a really solid offseason, again, as the Clippers always do. One thing to note, they did lose Isaiah Hardenstein, one of their yearly Mm -hmm. lines in free agency. Um and they don't have a backup center as of right now. They don't have a center beyond Zubats, who signed a three-year extension. Good for him. They don't have any bigs behind him right now on the roster. They're fully committing to this five-out, as many wings as you can get. And they uh, doubled down on that by signing Nick Batum back to a two-year, $22 million deal. A little bit of a bag for Nick Batum there. They brought back uh, Amir Coffey already on a three-year, $11 million contract. Really solid Happy mm-hmm. for uh, Coffee to get a second contract already for him. Uh, higher than expectations, for sure. And then the big one for the Clippers, baby, he's back. He's back in the NBA. We get to watch him on hopefully a nightly basis, although he'll probably take back-to-backs off because he's old. John Wall is joining the Los Angeles Clippers on a two-year, $13.2 million contract. So he got the full exception from the Clippers. Starting lineup right now, Dre, hold your breath, is I would imagine John Wall's not signing if it's not a starter. So John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I would do Robert Covington. And I agree. Spots. Then you've got guys like Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, uh, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris off the bench. They can still make another move if they want to. Dre, in my opinion, the Clippers on paper are easily the best roster in the league. How are you feeling about that take? I love it, honestly. I absolutely love it. And I know he's missed the last year and a half, per se, but I think John Wall still has – a decent amount of the tank, you know, having to play alongside guys like Paul George, Kawhi yep. Leonard, Roko, you know, the rest of these guys, he can really be that playmaker, that slasher that, that he can be. So the pressure is really not going to be on him to really carry the load on, uh, carry the load for this team. So I think John Wall is a really big pickup. You know, obviously Paul George seems to like it. Um, I'm sure Kawhi probably loves it as well. So Kawhi Jordan, on it. yeah, if he does, oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, for a sec. Jordan, I know you. I know. Um, I know. I know. I know. You'll probably be listening to this. Don't be scared. I know that KD might be coming out west. I know Kyrie might be coming out west, but the Clippers are still legit. The Clippers are gonna be legit if they're healthy. Everything goes well. Ka- Kawhi has a solid year. PG has a solid year. John Wall has a solid year. They can at least be top five in the West. 
they can at least be top five in the West. I super agree with that. Um, and I think John Wall is just a fun matchup. Those first few months when it was uh, the team that o- that never happened, you know, the team that almost happened but never happened was the John Wall, James Harden, Christian Wood team. We only saw that team for a few weeks before Harden forced the trade, but Christian Wood averaged crazy numbers. John yep. Wall, he still had his speed. If you are buying in on John Wall's hype from then, I super get it, and I really appreciate it. Let's move on to Boston. We could just do their offseason right now. They've only made one move on the free agency. We mentioned that in the DeJunte Murray trade, Danilo Gallinari was acquired by the Spurs and bought out. He signs with the Boston Celtics for two years, probably around $13 million contract. They didn't release the financial details, but they said it was the full exception, which is about six-point-something. So we're doing 13-point-something for Danilo Gallinari to Boston. And then in a subsequent move, they send Daniel Tice, Aaron Naismith, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juwan Howard, and a 2023 first-round pick to the Indiana Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon. Like a pretty significant couple of pickups for the reigning Eastern Conference champions there with the Boston Celtics. Uh, They say they envision Brogdon as a sixth man, so they're still starting Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford, Rob Will, going big. But then off the bench, you've got sixth man Malcolm Brockton, who brings calm, scoring, and some defense. Not health, though. We're going to see if his health holds up. And then Danilo Gallinari, who's already like the third best uh, solo creator on that team, if you just need a bucket. And sometimes that Boston team just needed a bucket from somebody. Mm-hmm. And couldn't do it, and nobody could do it. So hopefully Danilo does that. However, he gets big time targeted on defense in the playoffs. Dre, how are you feeling about the Celtics? One thought and we'll move on. The Celtics will be back. Celtics will definitely yeah. be back. Um, I definitely like the signing of uh, Gallinari. You know, Gallinari has some um, golden moments in Atlanta over the past few years. So I'm definitely a big fan of that. And then obviously um, getting the trade from Malcolm Brockton, you know, definitely taking that pressure off of Tatum and Brown as mm-hmm. being playmakers so they could primarily uh, um, um, focus in on the offensive end as far as putting the ball in the basket. So I think this is what Boston needed, honestly. Um, I don't know what ceiling is. I don't know if it's a return to the finals, if you want to say, but they'll definitely be up there as, like, you know, a top contender in the East. Again. They definitely didn't sit on their laurels. They made the finals, and they said, we need to get better because everyone else is going to be better next year, and I really like that they did that. Let's move right. on. Hey, on one second. Before before we go, like, can we just um, can we just give the praise to Brad Stevens as a, definitely a better general manager than he was a coach, honestly, because he definitely yes. made some good moves for them. Well, he was a good coach, too. Just a couple of well, weird decent years. coach, yeah. Too, but he has made some really good moves. I mean, I still think he's selling uh, first-round picks for veterans, and he's making the right choices for them. But trading for Al Horford was a great move. Uh, you do that move 10 out of 10 out of, if you're Boston, but they do trade Alper and Shengun. Like, they're not trading nothing for these guys. Right. Shen is going to become a pretty – uh, impactful player in this league, I think, at center, a position that they were looking to fill. So I think that he's doing a good job, but some of these picks may end up just becoming really special, and Chen Goon might already be that, and you're going to have to look back on that if they don't end up winning a title. But he is choosing the right veterans, at least. He is trading picks for the Al Horfords of the world. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, man, if he's not healthy, that's going to look really rough 
because they didn't give up anything of value except for that pick, and who knows what that pick turns into. So we'll see. Let's move on to Washington, who have had a really solid offseason, too. Not incredible, but solid. They sign uh, Beal back to a five-year, $251 Supermax. Beal's great, 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 great grandkids are going to be rich, and that's the reason he makes this move, but he's likely never going to win a title in this league like this. And Washington is going to be paying him $50 million a year for five years, baby. They're not going to have any cap space forever. They also bring Anthony Gill to Washington on a two-year $22 million contract. And Delon Wright on a two-year $16 million contract. I already sent this over you to text, uh, Dre, but I'm going to tell everyone else. Really, I want to give credit to Washington for turning what was last year one of the worst guard rooms in the league. You've got Beal, uh, Dinwiddie, nobody else beyond like maybe Raul Neto. Um, and now this year you're going in with a guard room of Monte Morris, Morris yeah. DeLon Wright, and Johnny Davis, who they drafted at number 10 in the draft. It's not a top five, top 10 even, but it's middle of the pack. And they were the worst last year, uh, especially DeLon Wright, I think is a great, a great uh, thing. Dre, one thought on the Wizards and we'll move on. Honestly, um, the Wizards still have a pretty decent roster. Yeah, the Wizards definitely still have, have a pretty decent roster, to say the least. But we all know that, you know, this team is really not going to go anywhere. But, I mean, I, I like I like guys like Kuz. I like Denny, Rui, you know, the rest of these guys, you know, playing alongside Bradley Beal. And as for Bradley Beal, I really don't want to hear shit else about, you know, him yeah. not being in a position to win. You know, he, he had an interview with Taylor Rooks, and he was saying that he wanted to put himself in the best position to win. So, I know a lot of people were speculating, oh, man, could this be Bradley Beal on the way out? Everybody knows in the right fucking mind he was going to resign with the Wizards, and that's what happened. I'm not mad at him. Get your bread. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like like you mentioned before, you know, his great-grandkids, they're going to be able to eat right. forever right. off of that. Right. So, at the end of the day, from a financial perspective, it's definitely a good move. But as far as his career, Washington is just not getting anywhere, honestly. Listen, and- man, for his career, but it's a quarter bill. Like, it's a quarter billion dollars. It's, like, it's a lot of money. That's a shitload of fucking money, man. A quarter billion billion dollars a quarter billion dollars is what he signed on for you're never ever turning that down shouts to Beal for getting the ultimate bag and shouts to Washington for a starting lineup of I guess Monte Morris Bradley Beal Denny Avdia Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis we'll see oh, yeah. play in next year Washington we'll see you in the plan anything else Dre on that that's Matt, it Orlando uh, nothing much listen Number one pick of the draft, Paolo Bancaro. Very excited to see it. They bring back Gary Harris on a two-year, $26 million contract. The bag. The bag for Gary Harris, who was rumored to get, like, offers from contenders for, like, $6 million or, like, a $10 million full exception from, like, playoff contenders. Fuck that. He's signing for two years, 26 for a team that just had the number one pick in the draft and is trying to go back to the playoffs. Mo Bamba returns. Their original plan was Isaiah Hardenstein after he gets scooped by the Knicks, as they do. They bring back Mo Bamba on a two-year, $21 million contract. That's a pretty solid value. Uh, Dre, one thought. Straight up, just one thought. Nothing more on Orlando. Orlando's youth is still going to make some noise this year. I don't... Obviously, I don't expect anything more of this team. This team will probably be like another 11-12 seed in the East. But, you know, yeah. having a guy like Paolo, who's a great, you know, creator around the mid-range and, you know, is just, and just being able to, you know, attack the rim as well. Then on top of that, you got guys like Cole Anthony, Marco yeah. Fultz, whenever he's healthy. Um, yeah. 
Jeez, what's the guy? Jonathan guys? Isaac, whenever Jonathan he's Jonathan Isaac, um, Jonathan Isaac as well. You know the rest of those guys. What well, Mobamba? I still have hype. I still have hopes for Mobamba. I yeah. still do. I know a lot of people have kind of given up on him. I know a lot of people were also expecting that. You know, if 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 Shed did get selected at number one, that Mobamba was gone. But I still I still have I still have high hopes for uh, Mobamba moving forward. But Orlando's youth is going to be something to watch for once again this year. And you know, I think I think they could definitely make some noise. Well, they make the playoffs, of course not, but. You know, it's still gonna be interesting as far as you know how they how they develop. Lineup right now looks like uh, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Fun oh, yes. watching a lot of them. Next on my list is Brooklyn. We're also gonna save them for the end, like Minnesota, because we got a lot to talk about with Brooklyn. Let's go over to Toronto. Uh, Toronto's got a little bit spooky here. They got some real nice signings, and they're in rumored talks for. Uh, Kevin Durant, they bring back Chris Boucher on a three-year, $35.25 million contract. Really solid value there. Thad Young back on a two-year, $16 million contract. And Otto Porter stolen, vultured from the Warriors on a two-year contract. Size, length. And Otto Porter brings something that a lot of those size size defenders that they have in uh, Toronto don't have. Some shooting. They've got like 11 guys between 6'5 and 6'9, something like that, I read. They drafted Christian Coloco, who might get minutes this year. We'll see. He's the only seven-footer on the roster. Big, big man, but we'll see. They're, they had rumors of being interested in Rudy Gobert. They had rumors of being interested in other big men. Right now, I don't know. They're just loading up on these wings, man. It's crazy. Trey, one thought on Toronto. Toronto will be back. Toronto will be back um, probably around that five, six, seven seed, in my opinion. I feel like, you know, with having, having such a well-orchestrated coach and Nick Nurse, you know, and then, of course, having guys like Brad Vliet, Siakam, Oji Ananobi, you know, the rest of those guys, Scotty Barnes, Scotty, Rookie of the Year. Shout out to my guy. But Toronto will be back. Um, yeah. Regardless of they make a sign and trade for KD or not, they're going to be okay either way. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna be really fucking dangerous in a couple of years, if not this year already. Uh, one thought really quick. This is the only move they made beyond the draft. Uh, Lou Dort back to OKC, five-year, $87.5 million contract. Sounds like a ton for Lou Dort. It's about 17 and a half annually there. I really don't think that's too bad for a guy that's been really loyal to OKC, brought elite defense, and has some creation chops. Dre, one quick thought on Lou Dort back to OKC. I love it. Um, he's definitely a big part of their uh, future moving forward. Um, still, still very young. Still has a lot of versatility to his game. So I'm, I like it. I like it a lot. The Lakers. I saw a tweet. I don't mean to steal this joke, but they quickly went from a old folks home last year to last chance you this year. They've signed Damian Jones to a two-year contract, young backup center. Troy Brown Jr. to a one-year minimum year contract. Uh, as a backup wing, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, who I really liked as a sneaker free agent this free agency period, one year, $6.5 million ex- full exception contract to their squad. Maybe they get Kyrie, maybe they get both Kyrie and KD. There's rumors. We'll talk about that. But a couple of pickups here. I think Lonnie Walker is going to bring back a lot of the actions they used to run with Dennis Schroeder. I think he brings a lot more athleticism and speed, some creation to that roster and that lineup. Dre, one thought on the Lakers' minimal free agency moves. Not bad. Not bad. Um, the Lonnie Walker sign is definitely something that's really impressive, especially considering that when you get rid of or allow allow a guy like Malik Monk to go to Sacramento. Yeah. So, I mean, I like it to say the least. Um, look. 
the Lakers are the Lakers. I mean, at this point, man, I mean, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. there's really nothing really that big that really like gets me excited. But I mean, Lonnie Walker, Lonnie Walker is, is a pretty good signing for them, though. One thought, Tyus Jones, one of the best point guards on the market after Jalen Brunson, back to Memphis on a $230 like million contract. He gets a little bit of a bag, and it's good value for Memphis. Dre, one thought on that. He's probably the best backup point guard in the league today. So, you know, for having him uh, having him back in Memphis, you know, and a lot of people may not really understand, but he had, he had some really good moments, you know, being in the starting lineup, but John Morant was not there. Yeah. So for him to be back in Memphis, that's that's like that's a huge piece of their team. If John Moran is going to continue having large stretches of the regular season where he's injured, having what Dre calls the best backup point guard in the league is a must. And if he already knows your system, you give him a little bit of money while you're at it. Philadelphia is having a reunion. Daryl Morey's in town. Bring it back. Houston Rockets. He already traded for James Harden last year. I Philly Rockets. The Philly Rockets. Now, this isn't the Philly Rocket, but I mentioned that they dra- they traded for DeAnthony Melton at the draft. They signed Danwell House, backup wing, two-year $8.5 million contract. And Iron Man eats nails for breakfast. Mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker, 37 years young to Philadelphia for three years, $33 million contract, fully guaranteed. He's going to be 40. When he's done with that contract, Dre. Honestly, I like it's an overpay for PJ. But it is. It, it is very much so. And he's going to be forty, and you're going to probably have to waive him at some point and have to pay him dead cap money for a couple of years. But he was very impactful for Miami last year. Who, by the way, have not replaced him. I'm a little worried if they don't make a trade that they're just not going to have a, a starting four. It's going to be Markeith Morris, man. Uh, or fucking Nikola Jovic, who was exposed last night in the in the summer league, but he made an impact. And this is a better team than what had last year. It sounds like Harden's taking his off season seriously. I'll believe it when I fucking see it. But those are the rumors, at least. And right now, starting lineup of uh, Maxi with Harden, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, and Embiid. It's big. You can play defense. You can take out uh, Maxine. You can put in Melton for even more defense. You can go smaller. You can bring in Daniel House if you don't want to start uh, Tobias. I think they've had a really good offseason. I'm being fully serious. I think they're going to be like a top four team next year in the East, health allowing. And I think the signings that they made make them better. Dre, one thought on Philly. The B.J. Tucker factor would definitely be felt in Philly, just as it was last year in Miami, exactly. and as it was the previous year year in Milwaukee, where in which the Bucks won the championship. They had um, no I, I, last year. Mm-hmm. And this this is really going to help Philly elevate. And honestly, with him, I think they can at least make the conference finals, just because I mean, you definitely need a guy with that type of like dog mentality. You need you need you need a rough rider. You need you need more of you need you need a guy that's an enforcer outside of like a guy like Joel Embiid. So. You know, having PJ definitely helps elevate the team. I do agree that it's kind of an overpay, especially, you know, 11 mil a year for a guy like PJ. You know, it's like, especially when you think about John Wall, who I believe, what, two years of $13 million? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's a little bit different situations, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I definitely agree with the fact that, you know, it's a little bit of an overpay. But when you look at the impact that PJ has brought to the table over the past few years, it's like, you know, if you're Philly, then, you know, you definitely go for that. So I definitely understand that. I think he can do it for this year. If he can do it for next year, it's super worth it. But again, he's going to be 38. So we'll see. Um, 
The Bucks brought all their boys back, plus a new white boy. They bring back uh, John Carter on a two-year, $4 million contract. Wes Matthews back on a one-year minimum contract, both impact players off the bench. Bobby Portis, best bench player in Bucks history. I'm I'll let you have this one. Now. Back for the bag, four years, $49 million contracts. Bobby's a buck for life, baby. You guys all, oh, Miami's interested in signing him. New York wants him back. Chicago wants to explore signing Bobby Portis. It's never going to happen. He's back. Also, they signed Joe Ingles. At first, Dre, you know I'm going to talk about the Bucks. At first, y'all saw me on Twitter. I had a little bit of a meltdown, as I always do. I really do. I'm immediately emotional at anything that happens in basketball. It's the way that I express my fandom. I apologize because I was kind of going at his life. But after having some time to think about it, a lot of dudes were signing for way more than you would have anticipated. Like we mentioned, um, Gary Harris got two years, 13 a year. P.J. Tucker got three years, 11 a year. Guys like JaVale McGee were getting six, seven million dollars a year. Ricky Rubio was getting around there, like Isaiah Hardenstein, two years, eight million. All we had was the six, and we decided to go on a bet on Joe Ingles, who is kind of like a Diet Coke Chris Middleton, if you want to do a lazy comparison. In Utah, was a creator, a fantastic three-point shooter, and an okay defender. Obviously, with his age, he can't stay in front of athletic, very athletic players in the league. But if he's surrounded by defenders like Drew Holiday, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and soon cometh Marshawn Beauchamp, I'm all the way in on him, baby. He's going to be back. I think it's an. I think it's actually an okay signing, all things considered. I really would like them to bet on some more youth because Ingles is ancient, and they continue to pick up ancient players. But I really think Marjan's going to play an important factor this year. And I'm excited that they brought back the people that were free agents. Pat Connaughton also accepted his player option. Dre, I know I always say everything that needs to be said about Milwaukee, but give me one thought on them. Definitely bringing back a lot of the core guys is big for Milwaukee. You know, a guy like Javon Carter and the rest of those guys, like that's definitely big. I was honestly on the same boat as you, um, you know, especially for signing, signing a guy like Joe Ingles. Like, we know exactly what he brings to the table, you know, especially during his Utah days before his injury. Yeah. But, you know, what is his availability moving forward? Like, you know, are we expecting him to be back, you know, at the start of the season, towards the middle of the season? Middle and whatever. Yeah. And whenever he does come back, like, you know, how much is he going to be able to give to us? We know that he's going to be able to space the floor. We know that he's going to be able to, you know, to create shots, knock down, um, knock down three-point shots. But I don't know. I guess I'm kind of concerned with, like, you know, his availability. And then, of course, you know, his impact to the team. So if he's able to make the same impact that he did in Utah, I'm fine with it. But I don't know if I'm really, like, have my, like, hopes up for it as other people maybe. Here's what I'll ask you. You have Utah, healthy Utah Joe Ingles. Even the the Ingles we saw before the torn ACL, he looked a little bit washed, but was still kind of just doing his thing. You have him and Chris Milton goes down. Do you beat the Celtics in seven with that version of Joe Ingles if you're the Bucks? Even if you don't think so, that's what the Bucks think so. That's why they make this move. And I agree with they don't need him to be, they don't need him to play a second in the regular season if he's not ready with the ACL. He's there for the playoffs, baby. It's purely a playoff move. That's true. I'm thinking about it now. Um I don't know if they beat I don't know if they like get past Boston, but I will say that if they have a guy like like Joe Ingles, who was able to make make some offense happen, especially being especially being able to help Giannis because Giannis didn't have any fucking help in that game seven. Yeah, they at least don't get blown out by twenty eight points or or whatever. 
Yeah, so we'll see. Um, Malik Monk to Sacramento, two years, 19 million. How do you feel about it? Not too bad. Um, the pairing of his um, former buddy at Kentucky, um, uh, De'Aaron Fox. Yep. I don't really care much for Sacramento. I mean, look, Keegan Murray played a phenomenal game last night yep. um, in the summer league. So that that definitely gives a lot of Kings fans high hopes for the future, especially after they were absolutely livid that they, that, that they didn't get Jaden Ivey with the fourth pick. But Sacramento is just Sacramento, man. I mean, you know, you can't really get too um, too um, hyped up about them. We'll just have to see what they what they're what they made for moving forward. Cody Martin back to Charlotte, four years, thirty two million dollars. Was a restricted free agent. How do you feel about that? I like it. I like Cody Martin a lot. Um, Charlotte is in a really crazy situation, if you want to say. Not even just discussing the whole Miles Bridges situation, but obviously, you know, having um, bringing in um, Steve Clifford as their head coach. I oh, definitely yeah. don't agree with that. I'm really interested to see where this team goes next year. I mean, we know they got LaMelo, they got Rozier, they got a whole lot of other guys. Uh, oh. Gordon, Gordon Hayward um, will be back as well. They're they're going to be a really interesting team to look out for this year. I don't know exactly what their ceiling is, but I just want to see, like, you know, how they, how they come out next season. Not to brush over the Miles Bridges situation. Very simple. Very simple. There are photos and stories from uh, his partner who he has been charged for felony assault. Uh, he, there's photos. If you want to find them, you can find them on Twitter and you can find mm-hmm. her of the story. We don't need to talk about the intricacies of it. I hope he saved his money from his rookie contract because I don't know if he's going to get another one, and I certainly wouldn't be giving him a contract either. Rumor, The last rumor is that the Hornets are going to be pulling his qualifying offer, and that's that's it. If someone signs him, it happens so often in the sports business that people may brush it over, but probably, not probably, just shouldn't be in the league. Uh, really bad person shit for Miles Bridges. Let's move on. Jalen Smith back to Indiana, two years, nine point five million. Dre, how do you feel about it? Say it one more time. Sorry. Jalen Smith back to Indiana, two years, nine point five. How do you feel? Not mad at it. Uh, definitely another piece to add to um, Indiana's rebuilding um, rebuilding future. So I'm not mad at it. I like it. I was hoping that a contender. I thought a smart contender would get him for a similar contract. Must have been no biters if he was going to take you know four four something. And maybe maybe they promised him minutes. Hopefully he gets more minutes. I think he's got some promise in this league. Sticks Jalen Smith back to Indiana. Aaron Holiday back to Atlanta or not back to Atlanta, but signs to Atlanta for one year minimum contract. They lost their backup point guard Delon Wright to. Mm-hmm. Um, to Washington. Remember, they got a new starting point guard and DeJounte Murray or shooting guard, however you define him and Trey. In that deal, they also made a consolidation deal sending Kevin Herter out to Sacramento for Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless and the top 14 protected 2024 first round pick. Um, I like, I actually like that move for Atlanta. I think Justin Holiday could start even for you if you wanted to go long and wingy. You know, I think they needed more wings. I think Mo Harkless is cooked, but I I think Kevin Herter, who wasn't going to get the minutes that he wanted to anymore with a Murray trade coming in, I thought it was going to be Bogdan traded. Maybe he still will be, but uh, how are you feeling about Atlanta going into the new year? We talked about this a little bit with DeJunte, so give me one thought. I like it. Um, you know, they still have like a few of the other core guys. Obviously, Trey, you know, keeping John Collins is big. Well, it could be big or little, you know, depending on the situation, how John Collins feels. Um, having a guy like DeAndre, um, DeAndre Hunter as well, still in the starting lineup. And then, of course, you know, Capella, um, Oyeka. So they still have a pretty solid team. 
and I know that the backcourt of Dejounte Murray and Trey Young will be like, in, in my opinion, will be an excellent like combination. I don't. I mean, I know I said earlier that you know the Hawks are top four. When you look at the whole trajectory of the team, it's like you know they're definitely a playoff team, honestly. But can they compete with? Let's let's say for like you know the top teams next season. It's obviously not Brooklyn. It'll be yeah. Milwaukee. Philly will be up there. Boston will definitely be up there. Maybe Miami. Maybe Atlanta, Miami. Maybe yeah. Uh, maybe Cleveland if they bounce back. Cleveland. Yeah, that's true. So. I can I can see Atlanta possibly being better than Cleveland just because I mean they definitely have more experience on their side. Um, I think Philly's a toss up, honestly. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think Philly could be a toss up between those two, but they're definitely going to be at least like you know up there as far as the title, or at least like at least as far as like you know a playoff contender. Uh, Jay Sean Tate back to Houston, three years, $22 million. It's not necessarily a Lou Dort bag, but it's a bit of a bag for Jay Sean, who's been one of the best defenders on one of the teams that doesn't play defense in this league. Hopefully they will now. I think uh, a wing or a forward duo of Jay Sean Tate, Terry, Atari Eason and Jabari Smith. Kind of, you know, Jabari Smith Jr. kind of has nightmares on people defensively. Dre, don't talk about Houston. Just give me Jay Sean Tate love for one second. I like it. Um, definitely, like like I mentioned before, you know, definitely another piece added to their future. So he got the bag. So I mean, I'm definitely happy for him. Detroit, they draft Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran. Loved their draft. Just absolutely loved it. In free agency, they re-signed Marvin Backley, who you can just tell they're absolutely smitten on. Like they, they, they draft they love him. Duran. They trade for Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel, so that's two centers in Noel and Durant, and then they still sign Marvin Bagley for three years, thirty-seven point five million. That's a pretty solid fucking contract for a guy who is largely considered a bust. And I'm not complaining whatsoever. I think Detroit's a great situation for him, and I'm a big fan of Marvin Bagley getting a little bit of love. And while Marvin Bagley is being treated like a bust and getting a little bit of love, why don't they do the same thing to Kevin Knox, who was coming over for a contract? <laughs> Two years, $6 million, the dude has done nothing in this league. And it's not necessarily his fault. The Knicks development program is among the worst in this league. And then he was sent to Atlanta where he was given some garbage time minutes. He's never really gotten a chance in this league. Let's see if Detroit has it for him. Dre, one thought on Dre's on, or on uh, not Dre, Detroit's offseason. They also trade Jeremy Grant, don't forget. Oh, man, Detroit. Um, I like the way Casey I like the way Casey, you know, we, 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 we know, we know what he did, you know, really elevating that Toronto team. And I feel like he's going to do the same thing with this Detroit team. I don't know if it's this year or possibly next year, this team will be up there at least in a playing um, position, in my opinion. Yeah. I think they got a lot more vets. Um, don't forget. They've also got Kelly Olenek. Loki, yep. Between Jalen Duran, Nerlens Noel, Kelly Olenek, Isaiah Stewart, and Marvin Bagley, something's going to have to give there. That's way too many bigs. But Miami, really quick, lost P.J. Tucker, have not replaced him, drafted Nikola Jovic in the first round, Dwayne Dedman back on a two-year $9 million contract, and Victor Oladipo, who many thought was going to go to another team, back on a one-year $11 million contract. Dre, one thought on Miami, and let's move on to the big shit. Well, the loss of PJ Tucker, like we mentioned before, definitely is a is a big hit for the team. I, I mean, Miami's Miami's still going to be up there as far as like you know playoff contender. They still got Jimmy. They still got Victor Oladipo, who just resigned. They still got Bam. Um, 
I know people are still like you know have mixed emotions about Tyler Hero, but he's back, and maybe maybe Duncan Robinson would get some more minutes. I'm not sure. Matt, along with Max Struess and um, the rest of those guys as well. So obviously, you know, losing losing um lo- losing in a force like Tucker definitely is a big loss. But Miami will still be up there as far as you know a top playoff contender in the East. Yeah, Miami's going to be the same, but that is a whole man. I mean, they've been rumored to be in the mix for Jay Crowder if he gets dealt. Um, there's rumors that they were shopping him. And if they get Jay Crowder back, I think they're right where they were last year. But if they don't replace that power forward spot, I'm actually really worried about their rotation this year. Let's move on to the big stuff. I'm marking it right now. 110 on the dot. We're talking about Rudy Gobert. Oh, boy. All right, here's Minnesota's offseason, okay? They sign Kyle Anderson to a two-year, $18 million contract, which I think is great value, and I think Kyle Anderson brings a lot to that team. They needed more wing defense. He brings wing defense. They needed more shooting. He's not a great shooter, but he has an offensive game that can really help space out the floor. And then he has playmaking chops. He can run a pick and roll. He can pass the ball around. They they needed an upgrade of point guard. They couldn't get an upgrade of point guard, but they got Kyle Anderson who brings those chops. Then they do the big one, the big one. They send unprotected 2023, 2025, and 2027 first round picks, as well as a 2029 first round pick, top five protected Walker Kessler, who was the 2020, the number 2022 pick in the 2022 <laughs> NBA, NBA draft. draft. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, all of that to the Utah Jazz in return for Rudy Gobert. They are going massive. The Minnesota Timberwolves are trotting out a twin tower lineup. And let's fill it out right here, right now. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, uh, uh, Jaden McDaniels, who they were able to keep in the deal. Carol Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. And I got to tell you, now that we've had some distance from it, it's an overpay, maybe a massive overpay for Rudy Gobert, but I see the vision for Minnesota. Dre, I want to hear your thoughts first, though. This I know, is crazy. I know your thoughts on Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so I'm sure seeing someone trade this much for him has some thoughts. Let's hear them. So, honestly, like my whole thoughts on the um, – on the whole trade, it wasn't even really about Minnesota. It was really about Utah, and it's like you know, as far as what's next, because obviously Wolves reported that they're building, they're, or they're looking to really build around Donovan Mitchell. So I'm looking at this team. You know, obviously, you know, you got a young rookie like Walker Kessler, Kessler. Right. You got Malik Beasley. You got Patrick Beverly. Vando. Yeah, Vando as well. They're Vanderbilt. Um, like, is this team? going to help Donovan Mitchell elevate. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they still got, they still got, you know, some other good pieces as well that, that they're keeping as well. I think they just sent Royce O'Neal somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. Royce O'Neal to Brooklyn for a Brooklyn, yep. first round pick. They've still got Mike Conley in town. They've still got Rudy Gay in town. I'm sorry. This, this Utah team is not really it for me. I mean, look, they, there may be a different circumstance moving forward. I just don't see it as of right now, but look, I mean, look, I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, you know, I'll definitely come on air and I'll say, you know what, I was wrong. But back to Minnesota's point, I'm not mad at the trade. Um, you know, Gobert has obviously been one of the top defensive big men in the league, so I think I think it might work well for the team. 
as far as, like, you know, because Cat, Cat is more of, like, a stretch big anyway. He's not really a player that really posts up, you know, and, um, and plays on the block. So I think that definitely um, is beneficial for him. Then on top of that, you still got Anthony Edwards, who is the franchise guy for the team, in my opinion. I'm surprised D'Lo has not been a part of any goddamn deals. But Minnesota will still be a solid team. They just don't want the contract, man. D'Lo makes $30 million a year, man. Wild. Absolutely wild. But Minnesota will still be a solid team, in my opinion. Regardless of my feelings on Gobert, I have to give credit where it's due. I feel like, you know, the combination in the front court of Cat and Gobert, we'll just have to see how that um, experiment turns out. Listen, it's a lot. Let's start from Utah's perspective. Danny Ainge, who we've given a lot of hate to over the years, got every single thing he could have asked for for Rudy Gobert. Three unprotected first-round picks, one protected first-round pick, this year's first-round pick, and Walker Kessler, who honestly figures to be like a super Diet Coke version of Rudy Gobert. You can slot him into your starting lineup if you want to go young right away. Malik Beasley, solid 3-and-D player. Patrick Beverly, you guys know who Pat Bev is. And Jared Vanderbilt, who's one of the best defensive wings in this game. He's just got no offensive game. That's why it's hard to get him minutes. For Rudy Gobert. You can flip those picks for someone else. You can trade Don and get another package to start from scratch. Rumor is they have interest in DeAndre Ayton, and they might be part of a KD trade to get Ayton part of a Phoenix 3, 4, 5 team trade. We're going to talk about that in a second. It's a lot. But you are able to now do almost whatever you want to fill your roster around Donovan Mitchell. The type of point guard he wants to play with, the type of center he wants to play with, the type of wings you want, you can probably get with the resources you just got from Rudy Gobert. Smash run hit trade for Danny Ainge, in my opinion. Another new front office, a new ownership in Minnesota, trading with the new front office in Danny Ainge in Utah, is the Tim Connolly-run Minnesota Timberwolves. And they identified Rudy Gobert. The rumor is, and I believe they've confirmed this, they prefer to include more picks than trade Jaden McDaniels. And in my opinion, Jaden McDaniels, who's a tall wing with a three-point shot developing and a tenacious defender, is worth adding two picks to that trade. Like if they added two picks because they couldn't include Jaden McDaniels in the trade, I would do that too. So maybe it looks less erroneous if they include McDaniels and it's less picks a starting lineup of D'Lo and McDaniels Cat, Rudy Gobert with Kyle Anderson still off the bench Jordan McLaughlin still off the bench Nas Reed still off the bench they signed Bryn Forbes to a minimum contract they got some more shooting in there man I see the fucking vision because I Chris Finch isn't a chump he's no chump coach like no, without question, no. I don't think they're going to be like, all right, let's do what we were doing last year, but add Rudy Gobert to it. I'm seeing, I'm envisioning and maybe hoping for sweeping changes. I'm envisioning a defensive scheme entirely revolved around Rudy Gobert and the pieces that they have around him. Offensively, you might keep things a little bit, but I'm envisioning an entirely different different defensive scheme for them where Carl Anthony Towns gets to be this roaming defender instead of having to guard men one-on-one. Uh, kind of like D'Lo was doing, and Rudy Gobert is the anchor of the defense. You've got POA defense like Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels. I really, really see the vision, and I see the path for a top-four seed home court advantage for the Minnesota Timberwolves going into this next season. 
I'm in. I'm all the way in, baby. Maybe I'm optimistic because I feel bad for Minnesota, but I want to see Cat and Rudy Gobert so bad, and I've been using it on, on 2K the past couple of days. It's pretty fun. Like I mentioned before, um, you know, like I think I think it kind of works out well, honestly, because like I mentioned before, Cat is more of a stretch big anyway, so he's going to want to, you know, be on the outside looking in, whereas, you know, obviously Gobert is, you know, is the more is rim protector. He's not really that fluid offensively, so... Right. I think it, I think I really think that it can work out. I don't know what Minnesota ceiling is. I don't know if anybody want to put them as like top five in the West or even top six, seven. But I think you know, like you mentioned before, you know, Chris Chris Finch is a really good coach. You know, having um, you still have Anthony Edwards. Hopefully, D'Lo can come out and have a better year. Honestly, but Minnesota's going to be around. They're going to be lurking around. Carl Anthony Towns is the best shooting big man in the game today. Not ever, like some people say, but today I believe he's the best shooting big man. Anthony Edwards is one of the brightest young stars in the league, and the Minnesota front office, even if we don't, and I kind of do, believes that he is going to be a genuine star, like a fucking third-team All-NBA basement type of dude that is going to be in this league for a long time, doing great shit for a long time. And then they decide maybe those guys can be the number two option, the number one and number two options on a championship team if you bring in someone that can cover up the other end of the team. So they pay a superstar haul for a three-time defensive player of the year. The best defensive center in the league, not the best defensive big in the league, I still believe that's Giannis, but the best defensive center in the league to put around your guys. I really, really see the vision, man. And it's the most offensive talent that Gobert has ever been around as well. So I think that's going to benefit his game as well. I am optimistic. Hate on Gobert all you want. And Dre, I knew we were going to get you one way or another. You can hate on Gobert's fit in Minnesota because you don't like Gobert, but you can't hate on Utah for getting an awesome package for him. And possibly, like, if you if you said I don't hate the fit in Minnesota. I don't I don't hate it. Good, good, good. I, I know Rudy's got this weird reputation, man, but I like it. And Utah, like, if you want to build around Donnie, this is how you do it. The rumor is they're after DeAndre Aiden. Now, what I've seen is that Donnie might get rerouted. To we're going to talk about. Okay, let's just do this right now. Fuck it. That's Utah. That's the, those are the moves they've done. And Minnesota. I still think Kyle Anderson's one of the best free agency signings this period. Okay. I'm going to mark it right here, right now. Ooh, basically 120. I love it. I'm just going to put 120 here because if you tune in on this, Kevin Durant has asked for a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. He is very likely to be traded, although there is a chance. I think there's more of a chance that people want to admit that he's not going to. His preferred destinations are the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. There are a litany of reasons of why the ton of the young talent in the league is not available for the Brooklyn Nets. Per CBA rules, you cannot trade for two players on maximum rookie extensions. And last year, in case you forgot, at the trade deadline, they sent James Harden out for Brooklyn, uh, for Ben Simmons, who is on a max rookie extension. So that eliminates guys like Bam Adebayo, who's the main component of a Miami trade that would be needed you can't send him you can't send guys over like zion or brandon ingram i believe unless they trade ben simmons to a third team because of this 
Very many people expect this to be a minimum of a three-team trade. And from what I've seen on Twitter, from the little whispers out there on NBA Twitter, there is a five-team trade in the works. And there could be more if Ben Simmons is on the move. Kyrie to the Lakers looks like it's predetermined destiny. Whether Russ goes back to uh, Brooklyn Net to the Brooklyn Nets or goes to a third team like Indiana is yet to be seen. But all we know is the trade that we just talked about, the Rudy Gobert trade, set the precedent for what the KD trade will be, which is much, much more. Rudy Gobert got one, two, three straight up rotation level players. The A first round pick this year in Walker Kessler one, two, three first-round picks and a protective first-round pick. That's five first-round picks and a swap and three rotation-level players. Kevin Durant is going to get all-stars and picks in this trade for the Brooklyn Nets if they do trade him. <sighs> it's going to be a fucking mess. The drama has begun. It has. Dre... Tell me about what you're thinking in this trade right now. Do you see a vision? Do you think the trade's going to happen? A trade is, a trade for Kevin Durant is definitely going to happen, in my opinion. Um, Brooklyn's a cooked product. They're cooked. I mean, <laughs> there's really no other way around it, honestly. Um, and it sucks, too, because, you know, obviously after they got swept by the Celtics, you know, rumors came around that Kevin Durant hadn't been or had did not was not in contact with Sean Marks or anybody else in the Brooklyn organization right. for about several weeks. So obviously there's a little bit of uh, I don't know if there's any friction, but there's definitely no communication on both sides. Honestly, I would love that combination of Phoenix, but and I want to say that Brooklyn's given them four offers, but Phoenix is just not going. Or sorry, Brooklyn is just not going for. Or I, I don't I don't even know what I'm saying. I think I think Phoenix is giving them offers, but Brooklyn says no. Practically, probably because I'm assuming that Brooklyn was Devin Booker, which the Suns just signed him to an extension, and that is their that is really their franchise player. I know people people may say that CP is the be, is a better player for the team, but obviously Booker is the number one option offensively, and that's been their guy since he was a rookie. So I doubt that Booker would be a part of any Kevin Durant trade whatsoever. So can can that trade possibly still come around? I'm not sure. I know that we saw Indiana as well. I don't think Indiana is even a right destination, in my opinion. Even though a combination of Tyrese Halliburton and Kevin Durant could possibly be a really good duo, but Indiana's more in a position to rebuild. I don't think that they should really go for Kevin Durant, honestly. Um, I know, I know, Serrano was also up there as well. You know, Scotty Barnes being a part of that trade as well, and for this pick, uh, for this team as well, because, well, let me just say, name it's, it's the Warriors. And I'm a Warriors fan. I appreciate Kevin Durant for those two championships in those three years. And I definitely appreciate him for coming out in that game five, you know, leaving it all, leaving it all out on the floor and then ultimately tearing his Achilles. Definitely showing, you know, his will to, like, you know, his will to win. And then, of course, you know, his his will to play the, uh, the game of basketball. Can, like, could, let's go back to 2016. Let's go back to 2016, July 4th, which would be six years um, six years from the day tomorrow, where Kevin Durant signs with the Golden State Warriors as a free agent. Sheesh. The whole, the whole entire NBA Twitter, the whole entire NBA world was pissed. Even had Stephen A. Smith on TV saying, 
it was the weakest move by a superstar. And just think about what happened before that. The Warriors just blew a 3-1 lead after having a 73-9 regular season, and we ultimately lose in Game 7 to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. So after we lose, we elevate the team and grab KD, and there was still a lot of scrutiny within um, within or, or within within the move in the organization. Now we're in 2022, and people are saying, yo, Kevin Durant to Golden State. Could you imagine the fucking scrutiny that Kevin Durant will possibly go through after they just won the championship? <laughs> after they just won the fucking title? Like, I don't think people really think, honestly. Like, I really don't, honestly. And I'm just going to be honest, man. I like Andrew Wiggins. I like him. I, I want him to stay on the team. I know that when the trade went down with him and D'Lo back a few years ago, I was I was kind of questioning it. I was like, uh, can Wiggins really be that guy for us? I like it. Keep Wiggins. Keep everybody. We are a great team. We are going to, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to predict that we're going to win a championship next year, but we're definitely going to be back in contention next year. We're good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and look, I mean, KD definitely elevates this team, but it's not necessarily something that we need. You know, I think back in 2016, it was something that we needed. Now in 2022, it's not something that we need, honestly. And that, that's just my whole opinion on it. I don't think the Kevin Durant to, to, the, to Golden State is going to happen. I don't even think that he should even look at that as a destination, in my opinion. I wouldn't expect the Warriors to make this move. I mean, it would take Wiggins for the money to work, but it would take at least Poole, at least Wiseman, and at least one of Kaminga, Moody, or both. And that's just that. That's before getting into the draft picks, and that's a lot for the Warriors to do for Kevin Durant right now. I think they're happy with their homegrown thing. What I'm seeing from tweets, these could be trolls, is that the five team trade, there's a five team trade in works right now with the Lakers, Brooklyn, Jazz, Pacers, and Suns. From what I can figure out, the Lakers would receive Kyrie in this deal. The Suns would receive KD in this deal. The Jazz would receive DeAndre Ayton in this deal. And Brooklyn would receive, what I can't figure out is if Brooklyn receives Donovan Mitchell, they can't have Ben Simmons on the roster. And if they need to trade Ben Simmons, the Pacers make sense um, for a, a location for Ben Simmons, a young wing. I think they can work with him. But someone also needs to take, needs to take Russ's contract in this, and the Pacers are also <laughs> for that. They're not going to take both. So – is Brooklyn just getting a shitload of picks in this deal? Is there another team? Is Chris Duarte in this deal? Obviously, I believe it's going to be Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson uh, with the the with the offer over to KD to Brooklyn. But I'm not entirely sure what happens because I think I think based on what the reporting we're seeing, I could see um, Donovan Mitchell being the target. For Brooklyn being like, that's the guy we want in return in a KD trade. We need to figure that out. But if they do that, they can't have Ben Simmons. So we need to figure out what's going to happen there. But Ben Simmons has deleted his Instagram. Very solid chance he's getting traded. The Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook rumors popped up as as late as yes last night when they were saying that the Lakers, the holdup right now was they don't want uh, Joe Harris in a deal. They want Seth Curry in a deal instead, but maybe a third team takes Joe Harris in this deal instead. 
Phoenix is dra- is signing minimum guys to fill out the roster like they know they're about to need to fill in the margins on a team gutted by a superstar trade. We've got inklings of a deal everywhere in every direction that you look. If I had to guess tomorrow's July 4th, big shit happens on July 4th, baby. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, maybe it doesn't happen at all. Dre, what is your prediction for this situation? For Kevin Durant? Yes. I hope I hope that Phoenix can figure out or I hope I hope that the Nets and Phoenix can figure out a deal, honestly, because I feel like I feel like if if Phoenix is able to um to keep to keep Devin Booker, who they just gave an extension to, and then pair that alongside a guy like KD, and then let's say for instance you said would you send eight into Brooklyn? I, I, the rumors are that Brooklyn does not have interest in Aiton. He is not a player they are interested in. A re, like he is not someone they would consider valuable in a return for a KD trade. The it's going to have to be both Mikhail and Cam Johnson and all of their picks. I believe maybe there's a chance that they get to keep Cam or Mikhail. I just personally don't see it. So that's the thing that gets hard because. It's honestly, it's honestly crazy to me, but I just, I just, I think that Phoenix would be the best destination in this whole scenario. If you compare the two, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, alongside Kevin Durant, I feel like this team can really, you know, come back next season and elevate as a, as a top contender in the West. Will it happen? Yeah. It's, this is all hypothetical speaking. I'm not sure, but if they can figure out a deal, because they were, I think, I want to say Brooklyn has already put um, four, four, uh, four deals on the table, so it's practically up in the air at this point. We're going to see, man. Uh, my prediction would be that KD ends up in Phoenix. Both Mikhail and Cam Johnson end up in Brooklyn. I would guess that Kyrie ends up in uh, Los LA. Angeles. My prediction would be that. And I'm going to guess that an all-star caliber player returns to the Brooklyn Nets, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, whether it's another random guy that we haven't thought of yet, I don't know. But I think it's going to get interesting. And maybe it'll break tonight, man. Maybe if you're listening to this, maybe it's too late. Maybe it's already happened. Maybe it's already confirmed that it's not going to happen and they're just going to try it out in Brooklyn with with Royce O'Neal, who they just traded for, and the newly re-signed Nick Claxton, by the way. Nick Claxton signs a two-year, $20 million contract, and Patty Mills re-signs for two years as well. The, The Nets can afford to tank. This would be awesome for them if they had their pick this year because they could just trade KD for a shitload of picks and trade Kyrie for a shitload of picks and just try and tank for Wimbanyama or Scoot Henderson this year. But they can't. Houston owns all of their picks from the James Harden trade, who, by the way, won when he forced himself out of Brooklyn. Now who the fuck knows what's going to happen there, but Harden is on a contender in Philly with James Harden or Joel Embiid. He won, by the way. But they don't have any other picks. So they can't tank this year. They still need to try to make the playoffs. So they got Royce O'Neal. They've still got Patty Mills. They still got Nick Claxton. They still got Joe Harris and Seth Curry. They got to bring in some all star caliber guys and they can still make the playoffs. You add Donovan Mitchell to that, that's pretty good. You add Brandon Ingram, who's my favorite target, but I think you need to move Ben Simmons in that deal. Mm-hmm. I think I think I, if it's me, if it's if you guys are asking me what my preferred destination would be, would be New Orleans. If you can figure it out, send KD to New Orleans, 
for Brandon Ingram, Dyson Daniels, who you just drafted, um, Trey Murphy, who I like, Jose Alvarado, all of the Lakers picks you still own from the Davis trade, all of the Milwaukee picks that you still own from the Drew Holiday trade, a couple of your own picks, and then, I mean, that's a crazy haul for Brooklyn, for KD. And then your starting lineup is still CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas, and you still have guys like Larry Nance Jr. off the bench. Mm-hmm. You can win a title with that. You can win a title with CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson, by the way, and Jonas Valanciunas. A healthy Zion. Yeah, sure, but he doesn't have to do as much anymore if you've got That's KD. True. And I think KD and McCollum uh, probably got respect for each other. There's a score to take off the load. Valanciunas is a big man. You can go small with Jackson Hayes, who, by the way, didn't get traded in the scenario I just said. You still have a shitload of young dudes on that roster, like Jose Alvarado. You still got you still got Grand Theft Alvarado on there, unless I traded him. It doesn't really matter. But I think that's an easy trade to do. If they're interested, I don't know. If KD would accept that, I don't know. But that would be my favorite package. I'd love to start a team with that package. Brandon Ingram alone, but also Trey Murphy and Dyson Daniels. Surround those dudes with some other guys. I like that a lot. That's going to wrap us up here. Hopefully, honestly, I would prefer that this KD trade shit drops before we before we release, just because I want it to happen. Midnight, I to, please. I want to talk about it. But if not, you're listening to this on Monday morning. Happy Fourth of July! If you celebrate imperialism, good for you. If you don't, enjoy the day off, baby. It's a nice. It's, if you have the day off, enjoy it. But something's gonna happen, man. And if it happens tomorrow after the episode, hopefully we were right. If not. I hope you're enjoying all the content that comes out after it. We'll see you next week where we maybe bring on a guest to talk about a specific team. We'll talk about Pat or so talk, try and get Pat on or something like that. But Pat, if you're listening, I'm trying to get a hold of you, man. <laughs> Pat, see, the thing about Pat, Pat is so famous now. You can't get a hold yeah. of this guy nowadays, man. Yeah. But Pat, if you're listening, I, we, 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 me, my, me, I would know that you're a big fan of the show. We, we've already had you on before. Come on again, man. We got to talk Hawks. We definitely got to talk. This is Jonte Murray. Um, Trey Young backcourt. We got to talk about the future of John Collins. We, we got to talk, man. We got to talk. This new Hawks roster is very fun. We'll, we'll try and get specific members of teams like that cover teams to talk over a specific team for every episode. Or next week, we'll just be talking about the KD trade or another trade that happens. John Collins still happening. Kyrie Russell Westbrook might still happen. Yep. Guys, we'll catch you next week or a week after that. Who knows what our schedules are going to be. Dre, thanks for coming as always. And Nick Andre. Yes, Follow us at Hoop Truther Studios YouTube channel. Check it all out. Subscribe. I'm running out of words to say. See you next week. Happy Fourth of July. Deuces. Deuces.